PCAST presented by CDE Light Band. Each week we take you around Austin P, the Athletics Department, occasionally the OEC. Thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE, and thanks to you for donating your listening ears to this podcast. I'm Colby Wilson. He is Casey Greger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast. Podcast is currently feeling good and looking good. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. We got to start with what I feel was the most egregious moment last week, FCS playoff snub. We could see it coming from a mile away, but that doesn't make it any less. There's there's two things that really made me even matter about it than us not making the playoffs. If you want to say we didn't make the playoffs, fine. Don't tell me that Murray State and ETSU had better cases than us because, one, the Murray State Fakers are the worst team in the OVC playoff conversation. OVC playoff. They're the worst team in the FCS playoff conversation. They're not good. Congrats on beating up on EIU. Um, we didn't even get a chance to do that. We didn't even get a chance to do that. But congrats on beating up on Tennessee State. And all those, all those teams. Murray State's a joke. They shouldn't have been the last team out. And then ETSU. What? What? ETSU? My parents, ETSU alumni, one of them employed by the university, confused that they were even in the last four out. Wow, you really, uh, you're really diving out your mom there? Okay, mainly my dad. My mom doesn't know anything about the FCS playoff. Uh, <laughs> ETSU employee thinks ETSU football badge. Your mom's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, she. That, that's actually real. It's just my dad. Just my dad. He, he's like, all right, how are they in the last four out? And I was like, I don't know. How are we not? We would have or have already defeated the entire bottom left quadrant of that bracket. Let's see those teams. Jacksonville State beat them. Done. Check mark. Davidson. PFL fodder. Would have beaten them. We would have done some bad things to Davidson. Sacred Heart. R.I.P. Sacred Heart. R.I.P. Sacred Heart. Delaware, the the fighting Joe Flacco's, I think, unless he came back to quarterback. We want the Blue Hens right now. Spot the ball. I mean, that that to me is the one where it's like, ah, you know, I think we still come out with the dub, but, you know, you at least got to talk about it at that point. I mean... What a terrible bracket it is to begin with. I could just destroy this thing from top to bottom. One, how did South Dakota State jump all the undefeated teams to get the one seed? Beating North Dakota State in the last week, I mean, apparently a lot of what have you done for me lately for the playoff committee. And then the team that probably should have been number one, Sam Houston State, gets thrown the worst second-round matchup you've yeah. ever seen. Enjoy Sam Houston seeing State. pissed off North Dakota State. Yeah, Sam Houston. Houston State should have been the number one team in the whole co- in the whole country in the bracket after North Dakota State lost probably. Probably? I think so. Okay, so Sam Houston, they get the number two national seed. So they're playing their first round game. If they win, they play the winner of not just North Dakota State, Eastern Washington, good at the FCS football. Yeah. I mean, what what did they do to make the committee mad? And what did the Jackrabbits do to jump everybody? I don't know. I, the Usually I can make – Somewhat heads or tails of the decisions being made, but not 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 on this. I one. understand 
apparently beating North Dakota State is literally all you have to do it, to make it's this It's a turn. kingmaker. Because too. SIU, SIU in the playoffs because they beat North Dakota State. South Dakota State jumped two, three undefeated teams, two undefeated teams. Basically should have just called it the Missouri Valley playoffs and been done with Correct. it. Correct. But we haven't even talked about the biggest travesties, travesty of the whole thing. Which is? Number four seed Jacksonville State. What a joke. I was a little concerned a about that. I mean, okay, North Dakota State lost to a playoff team. Apparently the number one team in the country. And then apparently the number one team in the country, not nationally seeded. We're out of the playoffs. Not Correct. Even in the we're, not even, we're, not, really. we're, not, we're not even in the final four, the last four out. And JSU's a national seed, so either they're overvaluing – Jacksonville State's loss to us and thus should have valued us higher or they're undervaluing North Dakota State's losses to SIU and South Dakota State maybe. and should have ranked them lower. You want to hear you want to hear a little maybe it helps have somebody on the committee. It might. Maybe it helps. It might. Just saying. It SIU, might. somebody on the committee. Missouri Valley, somebody on the or Missouri State, excuse me. Somebody on the committee. Well, okay. that I have my own thoughts about that, and they mostly revolve around who coaches at Missouri State nowadays. And yeah, good. Jacksonville State, though, good S- for them. Somebody on the committee, good for them, good for them. So it helps to have friends in high places. But for consolation, we have a slew of FCS postseason awards that there's potential to win. Draylen Ellis, the Jerry Rice Award, Jerry Rice Award, D'Angelo Wilson, the Peyton Award. Correct. And Cordell Jackson shortlisted for the Bugby Cannon Award. First player in program history to receive back-to-back finalist nominations for any of the national FCS awards in program history. And I think Draylon's our first Jerry Rice Award guy, and be. I believe D'Lo is our first Walter Payton Award. No. Uh, the only other No, Walter, there was another one. It Jay was, Bailey. Jay yes, Bailey, Jay Bailey was our one. first Walter Payton. Draylon's our first Jerry Rice. And Cordell joins himself and Jason Williams on the Buck Buchanan list. I mean— Look, I don't want to say there's there's a powerhouse building in Clarksville, but I won't not say it either. Oh no, I'll straight up say it. You guys better hope that some of those seniors don't come back. Cause if we dated, you're in trouble. I mean, you you got a bunch of guys coming back in various states, pissed off that they were left out of this. That what happened the last time we got left off and we came back with a, uh, a little bit of a vintage? I believe we went to the quarterfinals. No, we went five and six. Okay, well years late. It built it built for another year. <laughs> yeah, that was not. Great. Listen. Maybe we'll just skip that gap here this time around. You better you better hope that some of those seniors don't come back. Because otherwise the OVC's in trouble. Yes. Yes. And then are. and then I'll tell you what, a lot more than the OVC is in trouble. Look, we got our eyes on you, Missouri Valley. We're not taking any of your bull. Apparently all you gotta do is beat North Dakota State and you're the best team in the country. You jump all the undefeated teams. Do you, do you wanna do I wish this was less of a, just an audio medium and everybody could see your egg-shaped hand weevil wobble. <laughs> it really just didn't make any sense, but whatever. Uh, watch out for the Govs. As always, watch Because you're going to have – yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what all these postseason awards turn into, preseason awards next year. And then – To a buddy. Katie, bar the door. Listen, when we win all the preseason awards, you guys are just going to be mad, and you're going to be like, huh, Austin P got all the awards. They didn't even make the playoffs. Shut up. You're in trouble. Casey's not bitter at all. Closer to home, women's golf championships. Closer? I mean, we at least are were actually involved in it. Yes, I guess you mean. Okay, I got you. Also, 
sort of closer. Is in Alabama. Close-ish. Close adjacent. Adjacent to home. <laughs> Technically, the FCS playoff committee would have been like Indianapolis. So it's like, is that closer? Oh, yeah, totally. It's only okay, like three so hours from here to where about. we played. Uh, the Govs, a tremendous first two days. I mean, not potential to win the tournament because Jacksonville State had like a 40-shot lead on everybody. It probably helps to play the courses every so often, too. Yeah, you know, if you not play the course every day, here, you kind of know what's going on. Not here nor there, but certainly uh, felt pretty good heading into the final round. Um, it didn't turn out exactly as we would have liked it to, and I think a lot of that is probably down to four of the five people in the lineup were making their first appearance at OVC. I think... It's difficult to to have expectations, even modest ones like, all right, we're going to have our first top three, which would have been our first top three finish in like 20 years. But that when you're third after two rounds, you kind of start getting there. And I think that perhaps it was just a little it, – it, it was a year ahead of time. I think next year's team is going to be stacked and loaded and quite good. I think that top three finish will be theirs for the taking. And I think that they will use what they learned this time around going forward to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Hey, most importantly, we won't be playing at Jacksonville State's home course. There is also very much that. Shelby Darnell. Shelby Darnell played phenomenally. Shelby Darnell drove a par four green at number 12. Wow. T-box. Boom. Lipped out eagle putt by nothing. It it might have been the most impressive thing that I saw with my own two eyes while I was at the tournament. Wow. Yeah. Shelby, Shelby played phenomenally. Um, every, everybody had moments. Shelby had the most consistent moments, which is probably why she finished in the top ten. Yeah, that happens. Uh, yeah. that, that, that'll do her. That will do it. But, uh... Excited to see the team that comes back for them next year. Riley Cooper, taking that gap year, going to be back. Shelby, Taylor Dudman, Peyton Elkins. Uh, should Did be. they lose anybody? Only Andrea Priscilla, who had a fire back nine to close her career. Nice. That was I, I was really happy for Andrea. I thought that was a pretty good way to close it out. She had, I think she closed at even par or right around it over like the last ten holes. I guess I didn't realize she was a senior. Yeah. But, I feel like she hasn't been here very long. Well, you know, if we we have that big like ten month gap where nobody did anything and it kind of took the wind out of everybody's sails a little bit. I guess so. I kept saying she was a junior for like two months. She finally goes, "I'm a senior." I was like, "You, you could have said that. You, you can tell me when I'm wrong. I'm, I'm wrong often. I can take it." <laughs> Baseball. Yeah. Luke Brown game. Yeah. Not bad. Doing the old, uh, doing the old pitching. Complete game, four strikeouts. Kept it under a hundred pitches. Uh, didn't walk anybody. Like I would that, look, but I don't. That's that's economical. Yeah, I I know because I did his athlete of the week thing yesterday. Oh, but yeah, he he looked pretty good. The Govs, not a bad little weekend series, down in series Martin. Series win down in Martin. Got some. Got some team. Listen, they're playing. The, they got some big games coming up. You got to win them. Got to win them. But got to win the series. If, if that's the thing, it's not like you're walking in going, "All right, got to sweep, got to sweep over toast." What is it's, Cody's been saying? There's you can put a four game blanket over everybody in the league right now, which is quite strange. It's, cra- it's crazy to look at that 
And then, as we'll talk about with softball later, like it is a very clear, here's the top handful, here's everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Baseball, I mean, it is truly a hot bats can win a weekend just by showing up and doing the thing. Yeah, show up and do the thing. Showing up and do that baseball. Yeah. Women's tennis coming into the conference championships oh, yeah. this weekend on a high note. Oh, yeah. The uh, what, five straight? Five straight on a heater last Yana week. Yana just won 10 in a row. Um, Yana's won 10 in a row. Her and he's won like eight in a row. I mean, the, the doubles pairings are kind of... Boy, we whipped up on Murray in doubles last week. I mean, we won the first two, like 6-1, 6-1, yeah. and then we were up in the last one, like, also 6-1. Uh, so if you were up in the Govs last are, one, Govs are hot one. at the right time on the tennis court. Yeah, I mean, this you, you definitely want to come into the conference championships winners of five straight, and two-seed as well. Two-seed, yep. They did everything they could do to get the one. Simo, Simo won their matches, so they're undefeated in the regular season. Uh, Murray State in the first round. Talk about that more later. Yes, sir. Softball, as expected, they uh, they just beat the fire out of TSU. Well, you know, sometimes I mean, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, well, I, and I think we talked about this last week. Like that used to be a matchup of all right, we're gonna try to if we take two or three from TSU, we gotta feel pretty good about sneaking into the old the old back doors, the number eight, the seed. old eight seed. Yeah, and the now old back door eight. Yeah, and now it's like okay, we're going to beat TSU because we should beat TSU. And we're going to claim our series sweep, and we're going to continue apace as we march up the standings. Correct. Simple as that. Pitching is uh, was quite good. Yeah, it's quite good. Jordan Benefil, uh Third shutout. Shelby Harvey. Yeah, and he said, hey, going to get all the arms in here this weekend. Yeah, going to need everybody. Well, Harpy got a win. Benefil got a save in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two-inning save in that I one. I think Kelsey Gross had the pitch this weekend. Well, you know, she was Kelsey probably... Gross is essentially just becoming our uh, Mariana she, Rivera. She, she, you know, she's probably busy hitting for... Yeah, she's she's Mariana Rivera. She doesn't hit. start anymore. She just, like, starts... Uh, she starts at first every game. And then, oh, it's getting it's getting a little getting a little hairy here at the end of the game. Where's Gross? Let's uh, slam this door shut. She's she's Mariana Rivera if Rivera could periodically rope 450-foot homers. If too. he was also, like, A-Rod for, like, the first six innings of a game. Yeah, he's... She's she's our Otani. She's our Shohei Otani. Yeah, that... Babe Ruth wishes he was Kelsey Gross. Babe Ruth ain't got nothing on Kelsey Gross. <laughs> Track at Vandy last weekend. Kenesha Phillips, once more, just, I mean, crushed the 200 within a half step of winning the one. Uh, her and Elena Johnson were the only two regulars running the 4x4, four four, which that's, this team's beat half to pieces with injury right now. Uh, they... They've taken the uh, Sycamore Open this weekend at Indiana State off the schedule just to try to get people healthy. And after watching them at Vandy, I mean, this is a team right now that's mostly held together by KT Tape and Hope. So they need a they need a weekend. But rain, sleet, Kanisha's the postal service, basically. She rain, sleet, snow, crippling injury, doesn't matter. Get her out there. She'll dust the field. Are calling her the mailwoman now? No, I don't think we I are. I didn't know if we were going to nickname her that. You said nope. she's the postal service. I mean, I'll probably just keep calling her Flash since that's her self-given nickname, and she's earned it, and then some. <laughs> sure, that works too. Yeah. Baseball, Vandy, Casey, give thoughts. I always enjoy going to watch a baseball game at Vanderbilt. Um, you see our dear friend Amy. I did. We were walking into the stadium, and Amy was on the Austin P. bus, I assume, coordinating with the bus drivers, food deliveries, things like that, as a director of operations does. Good, good old Amy stuff. And we walked by, and Amy... I heard a yell from the bus, and she ran us down and talked to us on the way in. Good to see Amy uh, 
doing her thing with the doors up there. Yeah. And uh, always fun to watch a baseball game at Vanderbilt. Always fun to listen to Van Stokes tell stories about <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the third inning. Sit in with Pop Pop on the radio. I mean, yes. It's a... Uh, he loves to. I, I sit on the second row at Vanderbilt, up above him. He'll like. He likes to turn around and make his points at me because he knows I'll. And because you're not sitting next to him, he can't just reach over and punch you like he does. Right. Van Stokes is an abusive radio person. I'll say it. And I'll say it in this microphone twice. Van Stokes, abusive radio person. We're sitting there in the third inning though, and he drops out. Well, I saw the math of high school play a play a basketball game up in New York and insert year that I wasn't born. And uh, he goes, and you know who was playing? Right against? after they colonized New York. <laughs> you, know, you know who was playing against Amatha in that game? A young man named Lou Alcindor. And I was like, Van, it's the third inning, and you're dropping that one. That's something. And then here's the worst part. Van, come after he comes after the inning's over, he goes off the radio. And I'm like, yeah, Van, dropping the Lou Alcindor story in the third inning. He's like, oh, I had to tell the story. I've never told it on radio. I was like, okay. It's a, it's a I good refuse st- to believe as long as Van's been Listen, doing this whatever. that he's still got he stories he, he in may, the holster. He may, not, he may have never got the DeMatha High School lead-in. The point is, the point is, he goes back on the radio start the next thing. Uh, Casey Krieger give me a little heat about my Lou Alcindor story here. In between innings, that Boy, if you think Casey's giving you heat, Van, you don't want the smoke from over here. When he comes off, I he comes off again. The next thing, I'm like, I'm the only one telling you I like the story. Cody's laughing at you on air, and I'm giving you heat. I'm the one giving you heat, Van. No, I'm doing the opposite of heat. I'm hyping you up. Oh man, uh, I I miss doing radio with Van. I don't miss the bruises. <laughs> but speaking of doing radio with Van, I could not have sat next to him that day because I got my COVID shot that morning. Look at that. Look at our, our our baby's transitioning. That's a segue, folks. Yes. COVID shots. I My inoculation period came through on Monday. I feel great. I'm going to start, like, just licking strangers and stuff because I can. <laughs> Casey? I got, I got Casey mine got... the day of the Vanderbilt game, and I was fine that day. My arm was a little sore, so I could not have sat next to Van Stokes because I would have been bruised and it would have hurt. Uh, the next day, however, I felt like I was dying. Would you say it was akin – to trying to eat a Happy Meal in under a minute? Uh, that was a different fit, type of dying. This <laughs> was a slow. This was a slow aching death. In the trade, we call that a callback, folks. Uh, yeah, it wasn't very fun. So you'll be inoculated in a couple of weeks, and then what? Are you, what are your plans this summer? You basically, you basically been hoveled up in quarantine like eleven times in the last twelve co- months. I've got a couple things on my list. Got, got a couple things in the I'm in the go hopper. See, I'm gonna go see the NASCAR race up in Nashville. Wow, you're going to make it all the way down 24. I'm going to go to a Jimmy Buffett concert up in Indiana. Okay, that's... Oh, my God, you're 63. <laughs> I'm going to go... I, I might I might go to the Indy 500. How's that the one that's, like, on the... Eh, I have a friend up in Indy gets tickets. Yeah, but how's that the maybe of the, those three things you I don't you've know if listed? we got the tickets yet. I know I can get tickets to the National NASCAR race, and I know I can get Jimmy Buffett tickets. That's fair. That's fair. And then... Uh, might go watch my brother run a couple track meets in uh, nationals or regionals if he qualifies and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you, the Jimmy Buffett tickets should be easy because they'll flood the secondary market when half of the target audience uh, succumbs to old age. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, We've talked far too long on the front half of this, but we should give a shout-out and many thanks to the many of you who donated to Gov's Give this week. It was a runaway success, both at the university level and for us in athletics. We could not be more grateful for the support. We could not be more grateful for our patrons who support our student-athletes. Thank you all very much. That's about as uh, 
that's about as uh, tender a moment as you're going to get out of this podcast. We'll wrap it up and bring in Garrett Bell of the football team right after this. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Why you never see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down. Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. My personal feeling is that we got stumped from the FCS playoffs last week and that Garrett Bell and his teammates should be preparing to take down some unfortunate team this weekend. Well, if that had come to fruition, maybe you wouldn't have time for the PCAST this week, and I might have had to fill this with some other less interesting person. So, for me personally, this worked out. I don't know that Garrett necessarily feels the same, and I'm glad he's here today. <laughs> well, I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Let's start with the P-Minute. Why did it go away? Well, you know, I started it uh, with the intention just to have some fun and introduce people to, you know, different characters that are on the football team or maybe some other athletes around the, the campus. And then I found out about your podcast, and I was so impressed. I was like, well, I just I can't compete. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Have you tried Seth's party trick? The I did. Uh, what, what, what was your best time? 58 seconds. That is not bad. It's it's a tough uh, it's a tough thing to do. It it seems like it's more technique based than anything else. Like he he really has it down to a science. I think he practices in his room, <laughs> so he has an advantage <laughs> over us. Your dad, uh, tell tell me about his influence because you're kind of are are you planning to follow in his footsteps a little bit? I am, yes sir, yeah, definitely. And his background, well, you describe his background because I don't think I'll do it justice the way you might. Yeah, so he's a sports broadcaster. And he has been for over 30 years. Uh, he's had experience in any sport you can imagine, whether you know uh, it be NFL Europe, um, where he he traveled abroad tr- calling football games, or here at home following the PGA Tour, which he's pretty notable for now, uh, and then you know everything in between. When you grow up in that kind of environment, what kind of impressions does that leave on you? Well, definitely sports based. So I grew up around a lot of uh, sports. You know, when, when I think about the world and stuff around me, I, I love sports. It's shaped the way that I go about things. And so, like, an impression that leaves on me is, you know, he's really hardworking. Um, he's really in- influential. And, like, obviously, I'm a communications major. That's because of him. And then also, um, you know, I, I just like to, I like to stay around sports. I mean, that's the best thing to say, yeah. You edited and produced his podcast for a while, didn't you? You still I doing did, yes, that? Sir, yeah. Yes, sir. Do you have any tips? Because I don't think I'm great <laughs> at this. No, you're doing a great job. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy doing that because he has great connections. He has big-time guests like Charles Barkley or, you know, Jack Nicholas. So for me to kind of like brush elbows with them inadvertently, is uh, that's a lot of fun. To, to do that as you're getting your feet wet to have that opportunity – to, to deal with those high-level guests, what's that like? You know, it's, obviously it's an advantage um, because I'm, like you said, I'm getting my feet wet early, you know. Um, but also it's a little nerve-wracking because you're dealing with these people who are so long in their career, so notable. You could call them the goat of what they do. And I'm just in college, just editing 
I could be editing anything. And if I'm fortunate enough to edit it that, you know. Last year, about this time, the world came to a complete halt. Football was no different. Strength and stamina and maintaining your physique for football during that, that didn't, like, it takes commitment all the time, but that took a special kind of commitment where you're, you're just, you're not like, well, but 7.30, it's time for weights. Like, you had to get up and be motivated to do it every day. During that period of your life, what kept you motivated? Well, I mean, overall, it was definitely football. You know, the thought that we would get back to some sort of normalcy where gyms would open back up, where we could hit the weight room. Um, and I, I do love working out, just like a lot of the guys on the team, like Seth, Bucky. And so for me, the thought of, oh, one day I'll get back in the gym, and when I do, I don't want to feel out of shape or weak, that's, that's a big reason why I kept working out. This spring, I mean, this is obviously a terrible medium to describe the person sitting in front of me, but you guys listening can't see it. Garrett's got a huge brace on his arm from his torn labrum that he played through this spring (laughs) having to do that because there just wasn't another person like how much respect do you think that gained you from your teammates well I I don't know if it gained me respect but especially because we have a lot of guys going through injuries you know Seth Johnson he's about to be operated on Friday on his ankle Uh, Bucky Williams has I, I don't know how to describe it I'm not a doctor but he has some sort of plates in his back that are you know misaligned and so we have a lot of injuries, um, and we have a lot of tough guys. But you're – I mean, this spring, it was – there was just no depth. It was the same five, six, seven guys week after week after week taking that pounding, taking that beating, adapting as the situation became necessary. I don't know how you all did it this year. <laughs> it's just it, – it's been unlike anything I've ever seen before. How did you survive? Well, I think that's probably a credit to Coach Cochran, our offensive line coach. Uh, he played at Texas, very hard-nosed guy. And he, he did. I mean, he told us, you know, it's, we're, we're short numbers at the beginning of the season, and it's going to be a lot shorter at the end of the season. And it was. Uh, so that's definitely a credit to him. And it's credit, credit to other guys like Seth, like I mentioned. He, he's a leader. Bucky's a great leader on the offensive line. And they help push people when you need that extra push to get out there. You redshirted your first year with us, right? I did. What benefit did that give you? What was the main thing that you walked away from that year? Not playing, but everything else. What was it bulking up? Was it getting ahead academically? What? How did that? How did you use that year to set yourself up for success? Yeah, no, that's a good question because a lot of people don't like the redshirt year, the idea of not playing your given sport for a year. For me personally, like you said, bulking up academics is great, but when you get to college as an offensive lineman you're not physically ready to go up against 23, 24 year old men. You know I mean? You're still, you're really still a high schooler in a lot of senses. Um, so I got here and you know, I was like 250 pounds and I was going up against guys who were maybe 320 and they had been in the weight room four more years than me. So I had an extra year just to catch up. Does, is there a time in that year when you're not playing, but you're doing all this other stuff that's behind the scenes, you're grinding, you're getting ahead, but it's at a certain point, you get to Saturday and you're just like, man, is it worth all of this to not get this reward, this payoff that's right here in the moment? Yeah, and that that's what's definitely difficult about your redshirt year. 
just because you don't get to go out on the field and you don't get to dress up in pads and you know go out there and hang out with your brothers on the on the sidelines but you still do get that reward because and the coaches always talk about it when you're on the look team or on the scout team even though you're not getting your name in the stats book you are making a huge difference for the guys that actually do get to play on like you know saturday or in the spring sunday you've alluded to to the guys on the line and you guys are a tight-knit bunch like even among what is a very close team in general it seems like that o-line room you guys are together constantly yes sir yeah, definitely i mean just the the melding of your personalities and everything how special is it to kind of get in a room like that with that group of people and kind of have everything come together well it's huge um you know we have people from all over the country whether it's colby mckee from kentucky or jake coggle from down south florida um you know bucky's from georgia and Seth's from mississippi i'm from alabama so we spread out the southeast pretty nicely um but when we all come together, we really are, like you said, you know, like brothers and that melding together makes you incredibly strong as an offensive line unit. Um, and that, that's where, where you see good offensive lines go to great offensive lines because you're willing to fight for each other. Um, and it's a lot of fun in the room, too. I'll tell you what. The coaching changes that you guys have undergone positionally and at the top since you got here, in a way, I think it would be natural to just assume that it would be a distraction and be difficult to kind of have to learn all new faces, all new people, new systems, and everything else. Seems like every 18 months or so. But for you guys who have kind of been through it together, does that unite you more, it kind of in an us against the world? You know, whatever you throw at us, we're united. We're together. We're going to face it together. It's not going to phase us. Yeah, no, it's definitely right on. Yeah, I think uh – Regardless of, and again, we have great coaches in now, Coach Walden, Coach Cochran, phenomenal coaches. But I know that Bucky, Seth, Coggle, Colby, all those guys, regardless of what happens up top, above me, things that I can't control, they're going to have my back, I'm going to have theirs, and that's really what's important. Winning the title last year, being a part of that, or God, two years, almost two years ago now, time doesn't mean anything anymore. Winning that title – the emotion, the it, it feels like we're still kind of assessing it after the fact because it was just this whirlwind. Experiencing it as a player, what was it like? Well, it was magical in, in just every way because when I first got here, we still had that underdog mentality that was left behind. Because if, if you remember, in the oh, not-so-distant <laughs> past, Austin P wasn't very good at football. No, we were terrible. And we, we would have had to got a lot better to be not very good for a while. <laughs> well, and I, I, was, I was on the tail end of that, and I was fortunate to obviously get, be on the team in 2019. Um, and so that transition from just really not good to just you know winning the conference, going to the playoffs, experiencing that, it was really unlike anything else I've ever experienced. It was, it was magical. It was a lot of fun and uh, life-changing, you could say. Should we have been a bigger part – not to put you on the spot necessarily, but I'm going to anyway. Should we have been a bigger part of the conversation this year? Unfortunately, just because of the situation that arose, you know, we couldn't play EIU at the end of the year, and our record was not as good as some other teams, regardless of the fact that we beat JSU and Murray. Uh, we weren't in the – you know, we were on the edge of the conversation. 
I think that we we're a better team than a lot of the teams that are in there, but we're not in. Unfortunately, we have to look forward, and that's that's what we got to do. You know, is it fuel for next year? Oh, definitely, definitely, no doubt. Garrett, what is your favorite word? My favorite word, football. What is your least favorite word? <laughs> oh, I, negativity. Who or what inspires you? I, what we talked about earlier, my dad definitely inspires me. What's the last book you read for fun? The last book I read for fun. Yeah, not for a class. Not for a class. Would probably have to be... Um, Oh, gosh. I don't know. Maybe the Harry Potter series. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> what is your worst habit? I overthink a lot, definitely. What app on your phone gets the most use? Um, probably my, my calling app, the phone app. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Oh, wow. There's a lot. But probably the most terrifying in high school after one of the dances – one of my genius friends had the idea that we would, you know, go. He, he heard of these, his buddies were having, you know, like, uh, kind of like get, get together. And one, one of his friends was going to, like, play, like, a concert. And so we were going and we, we were hanging out. And I was just hanging out in the middle of everything, just having a good time. And I saw a chair fly over my head across the room. I was like, oh, no, that's, that's definitely not good. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to get out of here. So me and my buddies, we were leaving. And then I heard gunshots behind me. And I was like, oh, no. And so we ran to the car, and there was a big brawl, and some guns went off, and that was a pretty terrifying situation. Most people are like, yeah, hydroplane in a car once. You actually had a (laughs) – dang, that was a real one. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely scary. What is your idea of happiness? Um, Doing something that's fulfilling to not only you but to others. What is your idea of misery? doing something that's not fulfilling to you, you know, or something that maybe takes away from the experience of others. What makes you self-conscious? Well, currently this brace. (laughs) That's probably the best answer. I I could see it being kind of cumbersome, yeah. What is the most embarrassing song you love? Uh, Party in the USA. How would you prefer to die? Skydiving. Well, I, the, the shoot probably wouldn't. Well, it's just falling. Yeah, that's fair. If you were reincarnated, what would you come back as and why? A lion. I watched The Lion King a few days ago. It was very inspiring. Fair enough. What might prompt you to lie? Maybe like something like really important, like if you're like keeping like a top secret thing. So, like, you're in the CIA sort of thing, and you've got to keep government secrets? Yeah, like patriot patriotism reasons. That's very good. What makes you hopeful? The future, definitely. What is our purpose in life? I think to have, like, a positive impact on others. Regardless of who it is, what is one question you would ask our next guest? Oh, I should have come up with this beforehand. That's a tough question. Um, I guess what their favorite sport is. I'm going to guess I know yours. I'll bet it's football. Right on. <laughs> Last week, Katie Keene asked, who is your favorite person? Oh. Oh, Katie Keene is. Katie <laughs> Keene's mine, yeah. Easy one. 
where are you as in terms of your time here? Because the COVID gap year has screwed me up irreparably with your generation of student athletes. <laughs> I don't know who's a junior, who's a senior. The only people I'm positive on are first-year freshmen because I didn't see them last year. Well, I struggle with that as well. And I am academically a junior. But I'm pr- I have three years left on the field, so I think that makes me a redshirt sophomore, yeah. I believe. Or yeah. maybe a freshman. Might be a freshman. Or Wait, you get you get the extra year back even though you played this year too, right? Yes, sir, yeah. Okay, exactly. yeah. So I think you're a sophomore, but you're going to be a super redshirt sophomore next year. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> what, do you, what are your plans and your hopes and your ambitions for the rest of your time here? At Austin P. Yeah. You know, to continue having fun with my with my teammates. Uh, obviously, the goal for for every season is win the OVC and then go to the playoffs. And from there, where I mean, I really believe that we have the the players, the coaches, and everything in place to win a national championship. And th- that's the that's the main goal. And then after Austin P, what are you looking for? Um, well, I want to do a lot of different things in my life. You know, obviously, I'm interested in communications. I think it'd be awesome to be like a WWE superstar. I think that's a great launching pad and like a great place to start. Um, Absolutely, yes. If that avenue's open to you, you should take it. Oh, definitely. And uh, you know, I, outside of that, I'm I'm interested in a lot of things. You know, business, like real estate, things like that. I find really interesting. I'd love to get into that as well. You're gonna be pretty good at whatever it is you decide to do, aren't you? Yes, sir. Definitely. Okay, cool. In 10 years, we're going to be hitting you up for a bunch of money. <laughs> uh, Garrett, thank you so much, man. Thank you for taking time out today. I really appreciate it. Well, there's things that never will be right, I know. And things need changing everywhere you go. But till we start to make a move, to make a few things right, you'll never see me wear a suit of white. Oh, I'd love to wear a rainbow every day. And tell the world that everything's okay But I'll try to carry off a little darkness on my back Till things are brighter, I'm the man in black. Thanks to Gary Bell for coming on, giving us a few minutes out of his days. The semester winds to a close, and as the semester winds to a close, more championships in the offing this week, starting... Are we starting with wins? No, tennis starts first, right? It starts on uh, Saturday. Saturday, yep. Uh, tennis championships. The women, we touched on it earlier, starting out with Murray State. The men as the four seed? Yes. Starting with? Tennessee Tech. Both of them play the team they played in their last regular season match to start the season. And uh, I mean, we can be honest on this podcast. It's, the men are going to have to upset Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech's Tennessee undefeated. That's quite good, yes. They're the one seed. They took care of us last week when we went to their place. There's... No secrets about it. Our men are the four seed, and it will have to be an upset if they want to go play in the championship on Sunday. Tennessee Tech hasn't lost to a team outside of a Power Five conference this, this year, season, have they? Correct. Yeah. They are, yeah, they're like seven and five with like seven OVC wins and losses to Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida State a couple times. Yeah, so they're quite good. They're quite good, but uh, yeah, they're okay. Hey, it gives you motivation. I mean, you know, that's why they play them and don't just go. All right, Tennessee Tech, on to the next round with you. Yeah, on the women's side, uh, much less of an upset, I think, if we. We're going to play Murray State, who we beat 6-1 to one in the regular season finale. Our only loss was Fabby in the one spot, so I, I'm not too worried about that. Um, took care of business quite handily in doubles. Everybody else wanted singles. Um, it's going to be a showdown with uh, listen, SEMO. Listen, then, if you win, you're going to play Jacksonville State or SEMO. 
the Govs lost two OVC matches this year. They were at Jacksonville State and SEMO. Both of those matches were on the road. Okay. And uh, maybe maybe SEMO's the regular season champs. SEMO's right? the regular season champs. Both those matches were early in the season because the Govs have won five straight, obviously. Uh, like I said, early in the season, on the road, what whatever, whatever. Um, it's the same argument that we made about football last week. Like, okay, fine, yeah, Tennessee Tech, not a great loss. UT Martin, yeah, not a great loss. Play those games now. Women's team, let me tell you, women's team, if they win, they're in their third straight OVC tournament championship. They won They won the last one. They lost the one three, two tournaments ago. Mm-hmm. Lost at DKU. They beat, who's not here anymore. Who's, right, and then they beat, who they beat? Martin last time? I believe it was Martin in the championship. It it would not have mattered with that juggernaut. Right, it didn't matter. So, point is, the women's team, very much in the title hunt. Powerhouse. Uh, very much a powerhouse. And if, I mean, like I said, if they win, it's three straight tournament championships. If they win the championship, it's back-to-back trips to the NCAA tournament selection show May 3rd, I believe. Uh, That'll be a fun time for you. Yeah, it'll be fun, you know. Me and Eric going to go up and watch Saturday's matches so we can see. thought you were going Sunday. No, we're gonna go. We're gonna go Friday night after baseball. Ah, okay. Because the men play at ten a.m. Saturday, so you know. Oh yes. Which yes. like might as well leave at eight thirty Friday. Sleep in a little. Go watch the men at ten a.m. and then uh, enjoy our time in Evansville. It's the same reason I'm going down to Muscle Shoals Saturday night, so I can get up bright and early Sunday morning. Finally, get to enjoy the lovely downtown DoubleTree in Evansville, the downtown DoubleTree Hotel. Oh, is it my turn? Oh, sure. Sweet. I, awesome. Yeah, I thought we were done until you, about tennis until you started bragging about your hotel stays in Evansville. You know, it's nice to be in the downtown hotel. It's nice to be at the casino. Well, it's kind of downtown. Yeah, but it ain't the casino. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we could walk there. It's quite a hike. Is it? It's a bit of a journey, yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll walk to the uh, Crosshide Cricket, the one that's downtown, not the one you went to. Now that you could do. I very much will, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. That place is quite good. Yeah, I think you should do that. That place slabs. Anyway, as I was saying, men's golf championships begin Sunday in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. They love the swamp swampers there, don't they? They sure do love them swampers. Uh, the Govs, I mean, it's been, it's been a, I won't say it's been a difficult spring, but v- very much a spring of challenges. There have been different thing health i mean it's just it's been one thing after another with that group they've proven time and again to have the sort of upper echelon talent to compete with the big boys in the ovc he said cordy wasn't even in the lineup at one point so yeah a couple weeks ago cordy wasn't in the lineup he will be in the lineup this weekend i I feel i feel quite certain uh i mean this is this is what that trio of of super seniors in uh Alex Vague and Mike Bussey and Austin Lancaster, this is what they came back for. So if you can't get up for that, I don't know what to tell you. But this is what all that hard work is culminating in is this week. And so I am excited to go down there with them. I, It's different. The men's tournament and the women's tournament are two different things. Is men's match play? No. Like just the, the vibe and the... How so? The women's tourney, I feel like... They are they are wanting to beat one another, obviously, but there is you know you're out on the course for five hours. You're going to talk to one another. You're going to you're going to develop something of a rapport with the girls you're playing with from other teams. Right, ain't it for the men's tourney? 
silent as the grave for the most part. Hmm. It's it's just different, especially when you back them up back to back like that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to get down there. Can't wait to wash the guys, tee it up, hit it up in Alabama. Get busy golfing or get busy not golfing. I suppose those are your two options, yes. Correct. <laughs> Beach volleyball, Jacksonville, Alabama last week, Richmond, Kentucky this week. I can't think of two places that I associate with beaches more. You can't? Jacks- I not, can't either. Not one. Not one. I mean, what about Martin, Tennessee? We played on the beach there yesterday. Not one. Not a single place I can think of more. When I think beach, I think the Ohio Valley Conference. I mean, it's got Ohio right there in the name. Valley? I mean, when, don't you think Valley when you think beaches? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, last week, uh, Brooke and Jenna Panning were really, really good as a duo last week. Looking to keep that going yeah, this week. And uh, with the return of Marlena Bullington, they're now the number two pairing for the Guffs. Marlena had a few nice showings as she's working her way back in she, as well. I believe she dropped her first one, but I don't think she's lost since then. Her and Asia Hood up there in that one spot. Uh, Decent. Useful. Yeah, tra- Travis was telling us this morning. when he, they went, So they played Martin last week at home, and Brooke and Jenna were the number one. And they won both their matches against Martin. Well, they showed up to Martin at Martin yesterday, and they penciled in the lineup, and Brooke and Jenna were the number two. And the Martin coach was like, oh, you guys sandbagging with your number ones at the number two spot? And Travis was like, no. You can put whoever you want there. We'll, no. we'll, we'll beat them all Travis the was same. like, no, that, that's our number one pairing. She wasn't here. And now Brooke and Jenna is a number two. <laughs> Watch out. That. They've won like six or seven in a row. Uh, they dropped. They might have dropped they one. They dropped one random one. They went five and one on the week last week before yeah. yesterday. And then, uh, I mean, the bottom two pairings are also both on four match winning streaks with Caroline Waite and Aaron Eisenhart, and then Mimi Arrington and Claire Darling. Both of them, little four-match heaters. The girls are heating up. The girls are peaking at the right time, I believe. Listen, you go you go down to EKU and win a couple games this week, and you get down to Martin next week and uh, throw another ring on it. May as well. Well, long as you're doing it, you may as well throw another yeah, ring. Yeah, you might it. as well. Softball, got SAUE upcoming this weekend. Third in the standings, SAUE. Not third, not close, really. Uh, Another Tennessee State type weekend, you're saying? No. Well, not it, as, should be. It, it should be. be. It should it be. Should, it should it, be. Here's the thing with that sport. Are they on the road? Um, yes. Yes. Here's the thing with softball. If you've got pitching like we've got pitching, a whole lot of other things have to go wrong Yeah, you for shouldn't you. be losing those games. I mean, if, if Benefil is, is 100% back, ready, and she can be your number one every weekend... All right, well, there we go. That's two dubs right there. I don't know what everybody else is planning to do. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. We could win this. Like, the regular season, we are right there. Yeah. We are, I think, within a game. And if you don't win that, you know, at least set yourself up for the tournament. Fair, set up very nicely for the tournament. The only bad thing is it's in Oxford. Ugh. Gross. Ugh. Sick. Disgusting place. Can't wait till they're gone. Yeah, I'm... You weren't – were you working with baseball the year that everything was down there? This has been a while ago now. I think it might have even pre No, yeah, it was. No, it was because it was the first year baseball was there because before I got here, baseball was always at Jackson mm-hmm. or Paducah. So I was at the first two baseball tournaments there. Okay. It was yeah. baseball was there, track was there, Every softball was there. One, uh, or one or both of the golf championships were down in that same neck of the woods. 
I wound up spending like four weekends in a row in the greater Oxford, Alabama area. Yeah, it's awful. There's bad cell phone service and nothing to eat. I mean, those aren't the two worst things that come to mind, but yeah, that's bottom three. Baseball, since you mentioned it, also got SAUE this weekend. Schedule modified a little bit. Uh, it's going to be two Friday, one Saturday, I believe. Yes, because the rain come in Saturday night. The rain is coming. Hopefully, we we'll get us another Luke Brown game. It's, this is another one of those where any, literally anything could happen. You could tell me either team won the series. You could tell me either team swept the series. I don't think I'd be stunned. There's the just fun that fact from the OVC this season. There's only been two total sweeps. There's just that much parity in the league this year, and it's it makes gives you a headache looking at the standings. But I'm it I does. Want, ma- I don't want to. Yeah, no, me either. But it does offer some some opportunities if you're the Govs. Gino Avros. I mean, for he's his, swinging the old stick. He's swinging the old stick. The bats are. I don't know. I was watching the Vandy game, or watching the live stats, and it's like nobody's hitting great, but nobody's really hitting terribly. And also, probably coming to that realization while they're playing the number two team in the country was unfair. Yeah, the, the six foot six guy touching ninety, the midweek starter, that must be nice. Yeah, I'll bet that falls into the category of good problems to have. But. With upcoming midweeks against North Alabama and SEMO. Non-conference midweek against yeah. SEMO. Got some opportunities for uh, – got some opportunities to get some people some work in. Uh, softball's also got Middle Tennessee in a midweek next week. Semester winding to a close. It's going to be all baseball, all softball here for too long. Yeah. Now we come to the thing that Casey texted me that he wanted me to talk about because I am so – I don't. Why did you text me that you want me to? Because you're the soccer knower. And I, I have not. two questions. I have two questions about this Super League. One, what is it? Two, why weren't the Wolverhampton Wolves in it if it's Super League? Because I mean, okay. Imagine if you will, that like the. F- okay, I think I understand what it is. The best teams in the three best leagues in Europe. New, nope. The nope. most, the most rich teams. There we go. In the three best leagues in Europe. All came together and said, we're going to play in this league. Were they going to leave their other leagues? No. Okay, so they were still going to play in their other leagues. Here's what they were going to dip out on was Champions okay. League. which Champions is Champions League, which is the one that the winners of each league go play. Right, okay. and that's a big moneymaker for the European Football Federation, which is as dirty an organization as exists in soccer. An organization in itself that is not prone to having the cleanest people in charge see FIFA. So college football's... Top 12 biggest, most expensive schools say, we're just not going to play in the national championship. We're not going to play in the college football playoff. Pretty in much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or or we don't really want to have to qualify for it because, you know, then even though we've got all the money and resources available, sometimes things happen and we don't. And then we don't get that money. And then if we don't have that money, then we may not have the money. So I, here's here's a big question. Why did the fans hate it? Mostly because it was a naked money grab that was designed to not uh, do anything. Who cares if you get to watch all the best teams play? Well, that's kind of the point, is you're not watching the best teams play. You're watching 12 teams that have locked themselves into not having to worry about the Aren't result. Aren't most of them pretty pretty good, though? In a vacuum well, of... Isn't like Ronaldo in this in, league? In a vacuum Messi. of what they are right now, yes. But then somebody's finishing last in that... Even if you're the best team in England, you might be like the 11th best team in Super League. Yeah, but what's, what's wrong with that? Everybody's going to love watching those matches. 
Would they not? See, I think that's the difference in, yes, we would. You and I would. Because we do not have any sort of, our ties to this are purely a, I'm picking a team and I'm going to start supporting it. These people grew up and lived, like, this. these clubs are, they're blood. This is, this is a familial heirloom that they pass down to one another. And the... It's, so it's, it's essentially the Champions League without qualifying. Right, which means that if you're doing that, then your matches don't matter. So you're, it's essentially saying your EPL and if your match matches, doesn't matter. And if your match doesn't matter, you're not going to keep putting out the best product. And all these other, like, Champions League's great. Winning it, I'm sure, is good. My team sucks. I'll never know. But the, their fans don't care. Like, that's just, that's all money and vanity. Their fans care about beating whichever other English team they're lining up against that week. But and they would is, still do that. Not if not if that's not where the money is. If the billions come from being part of Super League, why would you pay, why would you play your best players on the weekend? You wouldn't. You would start fielding your second and third best team and to guess. save your other players and for when it guess. matters, quotation mark. Well, it's not happening because. Thank God. Well, it's not it's not happening it's not happening right now. Like they sent a canary down the coal mine, the canary uh, did not come back, and so the powers that be have probably realized, oh, this is not the time for this right now. That this is being hailed as the American model because it's the owners of Manchester United, American, Liverpool, American, Arsenal, American, who want to lock in cost certainty. They don't want to have to live in a world where potentially their product that they've paid billions for is even in not just not even devalued, but isn't this enormous cash cow that they can just just this money tree they can walk into the backyard and shake whenever they need it. They want it to be certain, and they don't want to do anything interrupt that, like not making Champions League. Which, if you're Arsenal right now and you're hot butt, and you're probably not even going to make the Europa League is a problem for Stan Kroenke, who is the most odious owner of an American sports franchise, and I will brook no argument about this. Or speaking of owners we don't like, I would like for Bob Castellini to sell the Reds, but that's just another story for another day. Mm, he'll sell the Reds and buy Wolverhampton. I don't care. I don't care. I will make that. <laughs> I will sacrifice the Wolves for the Reds to be good, because Bob Castellini would rather save $14 million and have two good relief pitchers, and you'll let him go for free. Yeah, c- check out Casey's uh, very entertaining meme on the subject for more information. It's on my Twitter, C underscore Craig19. It features Drake. Haley Meyer for your community service opportunities here as this semester winds to its inexorable close. She has all the information you can use to get out in the greater Clarksville community and do some good. You know what else would be good? I mean, apparently that dude that you just mentioned selling the Reds would be good yeah, for Bob one Castellini of Yeah, Bob Castellini, who owns a $1.0875 billion baseball team, uh, crying poor all the time. Him, him selling that team would be Bob good. I thought Bob Castellini was the voice of the ball, the Vols when John Ward retired. Bob Castellini. Oh, sorry. That's Bob Kessling. Uh, I thought you were saying Kessling. No, Castellini. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bob Castellini, sell the Reds. Uh, people can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or they could follow along on our official Facebook account called Austin P. Governors. Shout out to Robin for all of the videos she's making for all those platforms, and Eric's doing things too. Probably, allegedly. They say he is. Let's go p.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey Cody Bush, myself over there, always doing things for the greater good. Um, 
a very, very interesting Drake Reed piece popped up today that I was really quite proud of because it was, uh, well, it was just a really interesting story. And we did a podcast on it and I did a story on it, so check that out. What else you should uh, come check out this weekend? Um, I mean, I'm going to hit up, uh, uh, I don't know, I got nothing. I was going to say I was going to hit up a festival, but there's no festivals right now. Hey, well... You can get tickets, and our ticket guru, Johnny Mitchell, has got all the information you can use to get in the game. There's a baseball homestand this weekend, so it's time to hit up old two-ring John. Old two-ring John. Give him a call. He will pick the horn up on ring number two, guaranteed, every single time. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. If you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we shout out. Make fun of me because Newcastle United has no chance of being part of any Super League. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Shout out JLo's dad. Shout out Steve Willard. Shout out Bud Jenkins. Shout out Homefield's Austin P collection that is like being cloaked in the wings of a dove. Love yourself, love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. If it brings you happiness, then I wish you both the best. What's happiness? That matters most of all